0: this is Bria Barthel with Hudson Mohawk Magazine and even though Black History Month is over I'm still going to talk with Paul Stewart of the Underground Railroad Education Center about an event coming up in March. Paul welcome back to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Thank you Bria
1: it's a pleasure to be here.
0: And what is this about Black History events happening outside of February is that allowed?
1: Well, Black History is something that we do uh, 365 days a year, principally because we're focused on the story of the Underground Railroad, which is the story of African-Americans obtaining freedom, taking their freedom during the years before the uh, American Civil War. But of course, it stretches back to the beginnings of the country and maybe even a little bit beyond that as well. We continue to do that throughout the year.
0: Now, despite a recent book suggesting that the Underground Railroad was an actual railroad, perhaps you can just uh, briefly summarize what Underground Railroad meant and where the term came from.
1: Sure. The general idea of the Underground Railroad, say back in the 1830s, was called the Underground Road. By the time you got into the late 1840s, they were beginning to call it the Underground Railroad. Uh, Underground Railroad, the word, the phrase means uh, secret, underground, and railroad meaning fast. So it's uh, it's more about the um, secrecy and the speed with which it appeared to operate. It has nothing to do with underground uh, trains. In fact, the 1820s, 30s, most of the 1840s, trains had absolutely nothing to do with the Underground Railroad. But getting into the 1850s, uh, you began to see Uh, people taking advantage. Now, what was really going on was that people were taking advantage of whatever means of transportation was available. And as trains became available, sometimes abolitionists would buy tickets for freedom seekers on the trains and that would help facilitate the travel. You know, it's funny that they uh, didn't wind up calling it the underground Erie Canal. (laughs) Railroad was what really caught people's imagination.
0: And I think it's important to remember, it was completely decentralized and it was an illegal activity to help enslaved people escape slavery.
1: Right. It, it was a movement. You know, back in the 60s, people were aware of the civil rights movement. And, and what happened was that people, black people across the country, were upset with the segregation and the prejudice, etc. And they said it was long overdue for rights you know, uh, economic rights and and civil rights to be in place, and so people who didn't know each other read about maybe the sit-ins in in South Carolina, and they said, "Oh, we're going to do that too." And so nobody had to organize it. Nobody had to step forward. Nobody had to call them and tell them. They said, "Yeah, this is a good thing. We're going to do this too." And that was the kind of the thing that that happened uh, during the uh, period of the Underground Railroad. Is that You know, after 1827, changes in technology allowed newspapers to pop up all over the country. Uh, And as a result of that, and as a result of newspapers sharing with each other, uh, news traveled. And when people read about activities going on in different places, uh, they took it upon themselves to step forward. The other thing that was important was family connections and those families communicated with each other as well.
0: Now, with it decentralized like that, there are many sites that have been identified that were safe houses or refuges for the enslaved people escaping slavery. And the event that's coming up on March 3rd is a story of someone who visited many sites in an unusual way, to my thinking. Tell us about the event.
1: So David Goodrich, who is a scientist and also a cyclist, has been cycling around the country, and part of the cycling he was involved in uh, was following a route that Harriet Tubman took from Maryland up into New York and, and all the way to Chatham, Canada. So David Goodrich and his cycling partner, Lynn, followed the route of Harriet Tubman, and the book that David put together to tell that story is certainly an amazing book. He is a great writer. He's a very lucid writer. He relates these experiences in a very matter-of-fact way and they did a lot of interesting things along the way as well they stopped at the culinary institute for instance uh, as they were coming up the hudson valley they you know uh, they actually rendezvoused there with uh, some other folks that were connected to their uh, travel and they um you know they made their way up into hudson and then they kind of got into albany and and as david says in his book he said the first thing that happened when they got into albany is they got lost (laughs) so I think the book itself, there's there's lots of thrills and spills in terms of the way that their travel unfolded. It's an enjoyable read. Yeah.
0: So on March 3rd, 6 to 7 p.m., the author, David Goodrich, will be talking about his book on Freedom Road, Bicycle Explorations and Reckonings on the Underground Railroad. Where is this happening?
1: This is going to happen at the Stephen and Harriet Myers Historic Site at 194 Livingston Avenue in Albany, and uh, we're going to have a Zoom option. So, if people are interested in the Zoom link, they should go to our website at UndergroundRailroadHistory.org, go to the calendar, and uh, and, the, and they'll they'll find the announcement in the Zoom link there. Now,
0: that idea of the places he went is one thing, but cycling, it said he rode his bicycle 3,000 miles.
1: Yeah. And you know what? That may seem incomprehensible. And yet, if you do your planning and you're consistent about it, it's it's just another day.
0: <laughs> right. Now, Paul, I happen to know that you are a bicyclist. Have you ridden your bike 3,000 miles?
1: I, I can't say that I've ridden my bike 3,000 miles. Up. We did do some riding on the Erie Canal, um, and it's work, and, and it's it's also enjoyable because you get to see the countryside at a slow, first-hand rate uh, in a way that you would never do uh, if you were flying along in a car or some other some other uh, method.
0: So, will David Goodrich be riding his bicycle to this event?
1: I don't know that David Goodrich will be riding his bicycle to this event. Uh,
0: he'll probably come in a car, but. Oh well. Oh, how disappointing! So you did mention that he came and he visited the Stephen and Harriet Myers residence. What was that like when you, you greeted him?
1: Yes, yeah, so that was a very it was a rainy day, and actually we uh, were really excited about him and and Lynn riding around the country and coming to the Stephen and Harriet Myers residence.
0: Now, people. Can come to the Myers residence for tours. You are allowed to just drive up or walk up. What will people see? What did David Goodrich see? What will other visitors see when they come to the residence?
1: Well, David Goodrich came uh, a while back. I know, I think at the time when he he was there, we had a display on Thomas Elkins on the second floor. And he was an African-American doctor was active in the 19th century, and it was also part of the Vigilance Committee and who lived in that neighborhood. Since that time, we've put up uh, an exhibit about Harriet Myers, and it's a beautiful uh, exhibit. Key features of the exhibit include a portrait by Dee Collin, who is a local artist, and I understand she's also on the board of the uh, Sanctuary for Independent Media. There is no picture of Harriet Myers that we know of, so it's an imaginative portrait. Uh, but it does capture a lot of features from her. And it's a brilliant portrait, too. So uh, it captures features from what we know about her life. Also, we have a letter, a reproduction of a letter to William John Jay from Harriet Myers, uh, a letter that she wrote in August of 1860. So that's something that I think people will love to see. You know, I think it really enhances their encounter with the story of Stephen and Harriet Myers. And it helps people to see what her life was like in the 19th century and how she struggled in relation to the Underground Railroad uh, events.
0: Okay, and that is the residence of Stephen and Harriet Myers at 194 Livingston Avenue in Albany, right near Lark Street. What days and times is the residence open for people to visit?
1: Well, the residence is open for uh, scheduled tours from five to eight, Monday through Friday, and from noon to four on Saturday. Uh, We do ask that you call ahead and schedule your visit. We um, handle visits in in a way a little bit different than other museums or house museums. We'd like to accompany you and provide you with a tour experience. And I think that's important in terms of conveying the story of the Underground Railroad, uh, and answering specific questions that people often have about the Underground Railroad story, the Vigilance Committee of the Underground Railroad, Stephen and Harriet Myers, and life in the 19th century.
0: Thank you, Paul. Again, that's Paul Stewart from Underground Railroad Education Center at 194 Livingston Avenue, former residence of Stephen and Harriet Myers. And this is Bria Barthel for Hudson Mohawk Magazine. And the talk again is on March 3rd, 6 to 7 p.m. Thanks, Paul.
1: Thank you very much, Bria.